This is the Simi Sarah Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. Vancouver has gained a reputation as not being pet friendly enough. And with the housing affordability crunch, it is becoming increasingly difficult for those who rent to find new accommodation if they have to that actually welcomes their pets. There was a post that was posted on the Vancouver Orphan Kitten Rescue Association's blog. It's a Vancouver family detailing how they may have to surrender their beloved pets because they can't find a pet-friendly rental. So we wondered how common this problem was, and we're going to talk to the Vancouver Orphan Kitten Rescue people about that, but first have a listen to this post. To whom it may concern, I'm a renter, and my family has recently welcomed our second child. We are now a family of six, Dad, mom, toddler, baby, dog, and cat. We rent because we don't have a down payment for a home that's big enough for all of us. We need a minimum of three bedrooms. We won't be having any more children, and our cat and dog are our family. I'm writing this because for the past year, we've been searching for a home for the six of us to rent in Vancouver. One full year of searching. The added stress to my pregnancy was terrible. We needed a bigger home for the humans that had at least three bedrooms, of course. But that wasn't our biggest issue. Our dog is 60 pounds. She's far from a large dog. She's a medium dog. She's a mixed breed that we rescued from the SPCA because we love dogs and believe a house isn't a home without pets. My husband and I grew up with homes full of pets. Dogs, cats, hamsters, fish, bunnies. We both agreed that the memories we both had from animals in the home were extremely important to us for our kids. Our dog is wonderful and is my toddler's best friend. The idea of sending our dog back to the SPCA is out of the question. Our dog is our family. Our cat was rescued from Vakra years ago, and my lap is never cold because our cat takes the job of snuggler very seriously. I have cried into our cat's fur several times because it looks like we might have to send both our pets back to the very shelters we saved them from. I'm writing this to you, because my family finds itself in a horrible position. We can't afford to buy a home in this city, but we also can't rent in this city because not all our family members are welcome. No pets has become the normalcy in rentals, and this means my toddler will lose his best friend and I will lose my lap warmer. Right now, our current home allows all six of us, but it's just too small. We need to grow into a bigger home, except there isn't one that allows all of us to live in. Something has to give. In Ontario, a landlord has to accept your entire family, including your pets. Why doesn't British Columbia do that for us? We're not loud or messy or irresponsible, and yet we can't find anywhere to live in the city my husband and I both grew up in. We're getting to the point that both our dog and cat will be returned to the SPCA and Vakra. Please help us. Please fix the housing crisis that this city faces. We can afford to live here as renters. We just aren't all welcome. Signed, a Vancouver renter. Okay, so how common of a situation is this? I'm going to be brutally honest with you and say that I have reservations about that actual post. I mean, can they not move to the suburbs? Lots of people do when they find that they need more room. I mean, we certainly did in my family years ago. I mean, can the kids not share a room? I shared a room with my mother until I was almost 14 years old because that was just all the room that we had. So I do have questions about that. I'm a little bit skeptical, but I also know that there is a problem with people, even single people, finding accommodation 
for their pets. So let's focus on that part of the issue right now. Uh, Alana Hall is with us from the Vancouver Orphan Kitten Rescue Association, the board chair. Alana, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm, I'm curious, though, how common of a situation is this? Like, do you hear this often? Extremely often. We're, we are getting at least five or six uh, surrender requests a week. And we actually don't deal with owner surrenders. We're dealing with homeless and abandoned cats. And, but people are desperate. They're calling us and they're asking us to help. They're prepared to give up their pets in order to find a place to live. Yes, they are. Wow. Okay. Well, I have a few more questions, Alana. Okay. We're going to get a little bit deeper into this. We'll take a quick break and be right back. Alana Hall of the Vancouver Orphan Kitten Rescue Association just told us that that organization is getting five or six calls a week from people who may need to surrender their pet in order to find new rental accommodation. That's such a huge number there. Uh, Alana, what is there anything that pet owners can do to be more attractive as renters? Well, I think there are some things that they can do. Actually, if we could take a step back and, and think about, like, why aren't there more pet-friendly rentals? Because that's a business decision and a business question for me. And I look at it and I'm puzzled because uh, people with pets stay in their apartments or their rental units longer. Um, people, landlords spend less time actually renting a pet-friendly apartment. They have literally twice as many applicants as for a regular apartment. Pet owners are willing to pay more for their accommodation, and they're willing to pay pet-specific damages. So why don't landlords actually jump on pets, or people with pets, as being the perfect tenants? I don't know. It's a, that's a good question. Is it because there is a perception, perhaps, that uh, the animals will cause damage? I believe that there is. But then again, there's also uh, ways of addressing that. So, for instance, the pet damage deposits which are, are perfectly well allowed, and tenants are responsible for fixing any damage that is done by their pets. And if the pet damage deposit isn't enough, then landlords can actually apply for an order for additional funding. So for me, it doesn't make sense that there isn't more pet-friendly housing actually out there. But, I mean, for people who are in this current market, knowing that you know, there isn't a lot of pet-friendly housing out there, there are some things that people can do. Um, really landlords are looking for responsible pet owners. So maybe you have a pet resume that it talks about your pet and how long you've had ah. the pet, and, you know, things like that. Um, anything you can do to demonstrate that that animal is responsible, like maybe a certificate from dog obedience classes or um, references from previous landlords would be perfect. Like anything to convince that landlord that you are a great tenant and is part of your family your pets are too. You should probably be working and be thinking of that, right? Even in your current accommodation, like in case you ever do have to move, how do I prove to somebody how great my pets are? Absolutely. I mean, if you've lived in a place for, I don't know, pull a number out of the air, three or four years, and there's been no issues whatsoever, and your landlord gives you a reference, why wouldn't your next landlord just greet you with open arms? Okay, that's the key right there. It's about getting a reference from your landlord. Is perhaps the problem, like this happens sometimes with parents, Alana, that we're not always realistic when it comes to the behavior of our children? Is it the same for pets? I, I'm sure it is. But, you know, if you have something from third parties, you know, like the landlords is a great one, then, you know, hopefully that reflects a little more of the reality. But you made a good point, though, when it comes to financial sense for landlords to offer pet-friendly rentals. There is clearly a market here, Right. 
Totally, totally. Pet-friendly rentals go so quickly on the marketplace, it's crazy. Do you think you could charge a premium? Oh, absolutely. People do. Well, geez, this is a free market. you got to wonder why somebody hasn't filled that gap, don't you? It, it certainly does. I, I think a lot of it comes back to needing to change the way that landlords actually look at tenants with pets. Um, we need to educate the landlords that people with, with pets are actually can be very responsible tenants, and they're actually going to contribute to their bottom line as well. In the meantime, though, how is your organization dealing with all these surrender requests? Uh, well, if they're Volcar cats, they come back to us automatically because that's part of our adoption contract. And we're trying really hard to um, refer people to any of the websites that we found that have pet-friendly accommodation. Um, sometimes there'll be postings that other people will put up in, in our, um, like our alumni Facebook or some of our Facebook pages that will specifically focus on pet-friendly housing. So we try and make sure that we distribute that as, as far and wide. So we try and connect people with the information, um, but it is definitely one of the strategic objectives for VOCRA to improve the quality of life for cats, and I think this is going to become one of our issues. Okay. Is this, at what level do you think this needs to be tackled at? Is it a municipal issue? Is it a provincial issue? It's a provincial issue. Yes. Just like in Ontario, the changes need to be made in the provincial legislation. And in Ontario, I, I noticed that the renter mentioned this too, where the landlord has to accept the entire family? Well, they have to not discriminate against somebody because they have pets. So a bit of a subtle difference, but, you know, it, it is uh, basically you can't say no pets allowed in the rental um, rental advertising. Okay. I guess in the meantime, then, Alana, you need to let people know that you've got some kittens that need a home. <laughs> we always have cats and kittens that need a home. So uh, we take in about uh, 1,500 to 1,800 cats a year. Whoa. And the ones that are up for adoption are on our website at www.vocra.ca. Okay, we'll see if we can help you out with that, Alana. Thank you. Thank you so much, Simi. That is Alana Hall from the Vancouver Orphan Kitten Rescue Association. Their website, vocra, V-O-K-R-A. Uh, .ca. She said, check it out there. She's the board chair. Uh, they're getting five or six calls a week from people who feel they may need to surrender their pet in order to find new rental accommodation because they just have too much trouble uh, doing that these days. One of the posts on their website is what we actually just read out loud. It was uh, somebody who considers themselves a family of six, dad, mom, toddler, baby, dog, and cat and not having any luck in finding accommodation. So Suki wrote me and said, you know, Simi, I sympathize with your renter. However, as a landlord, I cannot accept that pets must be allowed to be unconditionally acceptable to landlords. For one thing, the pet deposit, Suki says, is not sufficient for the damage that pets of irresponsible pet owners cause. We had a tenant who brought in a pet after the fact, even though we had a no pets clause. The dog scratched the hardwood, relieved himself all over the new carpet, broke a very large window by jumping against it repeatedly. I even found dog food in my furnace vents after I was finally able to evict the tenant. That's the problem that you're going to run into there. Uh, let's, let's go to um, Rob Roy, who's, who's called in. Hi. Hi there. Hi. You're a landlord, are you? Uh, yes, I have been a landlord for about 30 years, and I'm just a little concerned about the aspect of, well, just charge them more or, you know, get a, get a resume of the, of the pet. And, uh, Why? Not, Why does that not, concern you? Uh, because the resume could be anything. 
you don't know these people from a hole in the ground. And I don't want to paint everybody with a brush, the same brush, but a, a landlord accepting in uh, tenants with pets does run a risk of having damage and trying to get extra damage that goes beyond the damage deposit from the tenant is next to impossible with the Rental Tenancy Act the way it's laid out now. And so what, have you run into problems with this? Absolutely. I just actually uh, let one of my tenants go out of my, uh, one of my homes that the dog uh, urinated all over the place. And uh, so it was a case of I had to go after them and it took months and months and months before anything got got, uh, looked after. So I can see people saying no pets because it's just too much of a problem too consistently often. Are people not willing to take responsibility? Like, what have you found? I mean, there's obviously many, many, many great pet owners out there, but it sounds like the problem is the small number who just don't take responsibility. Well, the majority of my tenants just listening here that have had pets in the past, I would say over 90% of them I've had issues with in pet damage. Oh. And it's just so hard. I live on the island here, so maybe it's an island thing, but I can very much see the having a pet owner rent a place from you, it opens up a door to lots of problems. And, it's, you know, I, I'm part of a little bit association over here, renters, and it's a very common problem that pets cause damage. It's just kind of there. And, again, that doesn't exclude the people that are, you know, good pet owners and take care of their pets. But I just have had no success screening tenants or screening the animals, charging extra for a damage deposit. Like that floor cost uh, $1,800 to repair. Right. So, and I, I had taken a hundred dollar pet deposit. So there's no chance. Okay, I got it. Thank you very much for that. Let me go to Brad, who's also called in. Hi, Brad. Yeah, hi. I was going to say, like, even if people who rent have pets that don't cause any physical damage that you can see, they leave dander um, in the in the carpets, the fibers in the place that can't be fumigated very easily, and. For families who have children or, or people with asthma and allergy-induced asthma or allergies, it doesn't matter if you shampoo the rugs or what you do. You can't get that out of the circulation. So um, I think that landlords should have the right to decide if they're going to let tenants in with pets because there's there's health issues for, pe- for lots of people with allergies and, and asthma that can't live in a place that ever had animals before. Yeah, that's true. Okay, Brad, thank you very much for that. You want to weigh in with your thoughts? You can give me a quick call, 604-280-9898, or drop me an email, send me at cknw.com. We'll talk more about it next. As you just heard there, don't forget about our buzz line because that's available to you all the time. You can text it, you can call it and leave a message. The number is 604-331-BUZZ. That's 331-2899. We had a couple calls to our buzz line when it came to pets and uh, pet-friendly accommodation. You know, as a homeowner, I think I could uh, speak up for the rest of us who don't wish to have pets in our houses if we choose to rent out. That's just the way it is. If I don't like the clothes you wear, I won't rent it out to you, period. It's my house, and I say who gets to rent it. That's how it is. If you don't like it, go buy your own house. Oh, hi, Simi. I'm appreciating that you're doing this show right now on the uh, pet situation. I just wanted to say, you know, these landlords calling in about um, horror stories with pets, and, you know, can you imagine the, the horrible treatment of a pet that clearly is left alone for so long that they have to soil their own living environment, which none of them will do normally, like left to their own accord. They never want to soil where they live and eat. 
and uh, unless they're forced to because they're not taken out. And the poor dog jumping on a glass door, he's trying to get out. I mean, these people must be leaving their pets alone all day, no walking, no bathroom breaks, no stimulation. It's like complete animal psychological and physical abuse. I suggest landlords who have people like that call SPCA, call animal control, say the, the animal is being left alone and is obviously needing to get out. Um, it's horrible. It's just horrible. It reflects completely on irresponsible pet owners. That's the focus, not the actual pet. Yeah, I thought that was a really good point, actually. Thank you for your calls. Again, the buzz line number is 604-331-BUZZ or 2899. You can text it. You can leave a message like those people just did. I, and I, we kind of reference this when talking with Elena Hall, too, is that I have a feeling it's kind of like parents and sometimes who have bratty children who can't recognize that they are actually the problem. It's not the pets who are the problem, that they are the ones who are causing the problem because, as that caller mentioned, you aren't spending enough time with your pet. These are not accessories. These are investments that you have to make with your time. You want your pet to behave. The more time you spend with your pet, the better behaved your pet will be. You can't just have a pet and leave it at home for 10, 11, 12 hours at a time and think, yeah, I'm just going to go out and have a good time and not worry about that. That's when they start acting out. That's why they cause problems in your rental accommodation. There's a bit of a vicious circle there too. Simi at CKNW.com if you want to weigh in with your thoughts. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk.